0: Ah, so how are we all doing? How's Christmas preparation coming? A little bit shaky. Uh, well, I don't know about you, but we've got two weeks to go, and I've bought the whole of zero presents, so I'm doing very well. Um, I've still got a lot to do. Um, they do say that um, Christmas is, is buying this year's presents with next year's money, so uh, if that's you, then just w- spend wisely. But there's a story of a, of a father and a boy... One Christmas and uh, the father says to the son, he says, son, what do you want for Christmas this year? And the, f- the son looks so excited he just looks to his dad and he goes, I just want to have a baby sister. <laughs> it just happened, just by luck though, that they were actually pregnant. And so on Christmas Day, sure enough, in comes mummy with a newborn sister. Oh my goodness, this boy is overjoyed. He is just, he's just singing and dancing and he just can't get over it. And so the next year rolls over and the dad says to the son, son, what do you want for Christmas? Well, the son, remembering how good God was last time, said, well, if it wouldn't be too uncomfortable, I would love a pony. Sometimes our requests are a bit uncomfortable, aren't they? My daughter has requested, a, in school they were putting together their Santa's list, and I was looking at the price tag of the sticker things that they'd cut out of the magazine, I was like, nope, because <laughs> sometimes they're a bit uncomfortable. But we have possibly the best gift given to us every single Christmas, don't we? And his name is Jesus. And over this last few uh, season of the, of the Christmas few weeks, we've had a lot of things about the name of Jesus. We had an Advent calendar thing where there there is names of Jesus in the Advent calendar. We've obviously been talking about the Advent series. And uh, Will spoke amazingly last week on uh, Emmanuel, God with us. And so today I was like, I, I think I'm just going to carry on the names of God. And in home group, we talked about Isaiah 9 verses 6 to 7, and it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. That is what we're looking at today. And I've titled today's message, uh, His Name Shall Be. Because we were struck in home group, and I've just been struck as I've been thinking about this, the names that are in this passage. And, you know, there's so much power in the name there's so much power and meaning wrapped up in your name. And I don't know this morning if you know what your name means. Maybe it's a good meaning. Maybe it's not a good meaning. But there is so much importance and and power wrapped up in a name. You know, when we were in in Burundi and we did our pastor's conference, we had a visiting speaker who had been a missionary um, in Africa for a long time. And he was telling us that he had encountered some uh, African pastors by, one by the name of Mr. Telephone and uh, one by the name of Mr. Aeroplane. And, you know, that in Africa, they just see something they're like, wow, that's really amazing. And so they start calling them. There. So I'm just glad the first thing they saw wasn't a toilet because that could have been disastrous. But, you know, I, even for me, when, I, when we were interviewing people um, for the worship team, we had someone who come and, and she her name was, uh, let me get this right, Citizen Heaven. Not even Citizen of Heaven. It was Citizen Heaven. Very beautiful name, but just first name Citizen, last name Heaven. I was like, awesome, that is just a great name. Unfortunately, she couldn't sing to save her life, but that doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, there is so much power in the, in, the, in the name. And when we look through Scripture, we see there's power in the name. Eve, her name means mother of all the living. Abraham means father of a multitude or father of nations. Joshua, my son, we've named him after Joshua, means God is salvation. And you know, in in the Bible, we see even God changing, or Jesus changing names in order to give people a greater calling and a greater purpose for their lives. We see Simon being changed from Simon to Peter, which is a stone. And Jesus later said to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. And to Saul, as Saul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus in in the book of Acts, his name was changed to Paul. And we all know, or maybe you don't know, but Paul was an amazing uh, writer and, a, and basically birthed the church in so many ways. There is so much power, there's there's character, and there's the very nature that comes out in a name. And I love that line that Isaiah says, he shall be called. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. He shall be called. It's no mistake. That Jesus has these names it's no mistake that he has each and every one of these characteristics he is far beyond we can begin to imagine and he shall be called dot 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 there is power in his name he shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father Prince of Peace. That is a very long name. Imagine going to school and saying, what's your name? Well, my name's, uh, uh, yeah, Everlasting God, Father, Prince of Peace, Jesus. Like, you'd be so confused, wouldn't you? But we're not actually saying that his actual, like, when he was in school, he had to say all those. But we're saying that his character and his personality shines through the names that are spoken through Isaiah. And I love it because every time we look at Jesus, it's like a diamond. You see a different aspect of him you see a different glint of his glory just as the diamond shines and no matter which way you look there's almost a new look to that diamond there's there's something beautiful and magnificent about it that's like the names of Jesus it reveals a part of who he is and so the first one we see and my my points are very simple I've literally just taken the words the first one is wonderful, And you might be going, well, why does it say wonderful, not wonderful counsellor? Well, in some texts, it says that it joins the two words together, and it says, his name shall be wonderful counsellor. But in some texts, it says, his name shall be wonderful, and in other texts, it should be wonderful counsellor. And I've always read it like that as together, so I was quite surprised. But wonderful means supernatural, marvelous, extraordinary, beyond the normal capacity to perform. The wonder and glory of Christ, as you were speaking about this morning, how often are we filled with the wonder of the Christ child? How often at Christmas when we're so preoccupied, we're trying to make sure we've got the Christmas decorations up. We're trying to make sure we've got the right things in the right place. Make sure the turkey or the five bird, you're doing the turkey, okay. He doesn't like turkey. But anyway, if you get turkey or whatever it meat is, you get so preoccupied with everything else that sometimes we can forget about the wonder of the child. But there is so much to understand. And Judges 13 verse says, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. The name of Jesus is beyond understanding. It's so wonderful that our minds cannot comprehend it. And I just want us to watch a little video that my brother-in-law and his church put together. And uh, we're going to watch that right now.
1: What's special about Jesus, Daddy? Does he have ten arms? Because if he only has two arms, then how can two arms and ten fingers can handle everyone in the world? Is it because he's got big hands? Does he have ten arms so that he can do ten things at once? Or does he just have two arms like us? But how can he answer your question? Because he's up! In the sky, higher than the feeling. How can he answer from out of the Milky Way galaxy? Because Jesus is everywhere, even where we are seated here. Yeah? he uh, even close to the United States of America? He's, he's everywhere. Is
0: he in Rome?
1: He's, he's everywhere in, in Rome, in the United States, where we are seated. So Jesus is everywhere. That's why he's able out to. Of that door? Everywhere you find Jesus. Why did Jesus being born in the stable because normally you think kings are born in palaces? Good question son. So he was born in the stable because it was written even before his birth that he was going to be born there and he's birthed in the stable because stable is somewhere not very decent not very nice like like a palace so it was mainly done as a sign of a sign of humility one of them and also, what is humanity? Uh, like a sign, a sign that he would care for for everyone. So people who are very poor who don't live in the palace.
0: when we lost the wonder as a child has that child was asking so many questions is his hands really big why was he born in a stable but he's a king I think sometimes as adults we know the story so well that we've lost the wonder in the Christ child we've lost the wonder of who he is That the maker of heaven and earth came to be a child. As we look at Jesus, we look at him as wonderful. His wonder and his beauty no one can fathom. So let's worship him. Secondly, we see counselor. And this is, uh, it says he shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God. And, you know, as soon as we think of the word counsellor, I wonder what comes into your mind. I'm pretty sure you're thinking shrink, therapist, psychoanalyst, or no, not psychoanalyst, psychologist, whatever they are. Like, I'm, I've got that picture of, of the chaise lounge, you know, the, cha, the red chaise lounge where a man's kicking back. And the, the woman's there taking notes as he kind of spills his guts or the man or man, whatever it is. And, uh, and every so often, the counsellor just chips and goes, uh-huh. Uh Uh-huh, so how does that make you feel? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, but that's not what Jesus is. I mean, Jesus is there to listen to us and to help us through, but actually that is a a small idea of what Jesus the counselor is. The word counselor talks more about uh, to advise, to counsel, to bring purpose, to devise and to plan. It refers, refers to the role of, of Jesus as a counsellor for each and every one of us. You know, no matter how much counselling we can have, we can end up spending a bunch of money and we're actually no, maybe no end or no better than we were before. But actually, Jesus is the greatest counsellor. Colossians 2 verse 3 says, We are told that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ are hidden all the treasures and wisdom and knowledge I wonder this morning what are you lacking what wisdom and knowledge and discernment are you lacking what breakthrough do you need to see in your life because actually the only counselor who's able to help you plan and make a way is going to be the Lord God Almighty it's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ because actually we know that in, in Romans 8 it says that he is working all things together for the good of those who love you, love him and are called according to his purpose and glory. This morning, if you need a counsellor, if you need someone to help you with a the situation, there is no other counsellor but the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is working all things for the good of those that love him. You know, I was, who watched the England game yesterday? Give me a wave. Oh, there's a lot of very kind of, mm. we will be offering counselling after the service. Um, but just to say, I, I found it very interesting that there was that moment where, and its I'm sure it's in the papers, I've not seen the papers today, but where Harry Kane should have, we all think, who thought he should have had a penalty? Give me away. Oh dear, sorry. Uh, but yeah, there was that moment where, where the, the referee had to be counselled, didn't he? He had to run over and check, oh, not at that point, but and, and later on he had to run over and check the VAR, Video Assistance Referee. He was counseled and maybe he didn't actually receive the right counsel for that decision, who knows. But even in a game of football, there is times when we need help, we need someone to give us advice, we need someone to take a second look take a a back picture and sometimes that's the beauty of VR is that we may miss it but actually we can take a step back and look at it on a bigger picture and that's Jesus for us sometimes we can miss all that's going on at Christmas we can miss the beauty of the season we can miss the sovereignty of the savior because actually we're so focused on the small things that actually we need to step back and allow Jesus our counselor to say look at the bigger picture I'm counselling you for the good. You might be in struggle. You might be in pain. You might be having a. You might really dislike Christmas. But find the wonder, because I'm counselling you, and I'm helping you to see the bigger picture that there is one who has come to save and to and to 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 heal the lost. He is a wonderful counsellor, and that literally means wonder of a counselor there is no one like him there is no one besides him his wisdom no one can fathom his wisdom and his ways are far beyond anything if you're lacking wisdom to say it today ask and it should be given to you if you're lacking maybe direction it says the lord directs the steps of the godly and delights in every detail of their lives Why do we see God as a counselor? Why is Jesus such an amazing counselor? Because Hebrews says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus came as a baby, humbled himself so that we could know him as our counselor. So when we look at Jesus, we see him as wonderful and we worship him. We see him as counselor. He has the best ideas and strategies, so let's follow him. And thirdly, mighty God. We see him as mighty God. Wow, I mean, let's be honest, if you had the name Mighty God, you would think uh, that's a pretty full-on name. But Colossians 1, 16, verse 17 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. He is before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together he is the mighty God he was there before time in the beginning was the word and the word was God he is Jesus and he is far beyond he is far greater than we can begin to imagine and I love that the translation of mighty God actually means hero God and I just instantly thought of Jesus you're my superhero you know that song we sung a while ago But isn't that true? I know that sounds a bit cheesy and it's trying to maybe sound a bit trivial, but actually, that's the truth of it. Sometimes, in this world where actually everything is falling apart, when we look at the world today, we can think, God, what is going on in this place? I cannot see a way out of it. But then I remember that Jesus is mighty God, He's my superhero. He can help overcome any circumstance and any situation that I'm I'm in. He is always fighting for me. It says in Deuteronomy 20 verse 4. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies. To give you the victory. Psalm 118 verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He is a mighty God. I don't know about you, but for me to comprehend that God, the maker of heavens and, and the earth, the one who, I can't remember the stat that Will gave, or the, how wide the, the universe is or whatever it was, but that Jesus, the one who made everything, humbled himself to come as a child, but is also the Jesus who is fighting for us on a daily basis, who is in the very nature God, but he humbled himself. He could have come riding on a, on, on a donkey, I was going to say. He could have come riding on a horse. He could come riding with chariots. He could come in any massive way he wanted to. But he humbled himself, the maker of the heavens and earth, the mighty God whose power cannot be contained, cannot be suppressed, cannot be compared to. That same Jesus humbled himself so that we may know him. There's a song that says, God is watching us, God is watching us, God is watching us from a distance. I don't like that song. Because I don't believe that God is watching us from a distance. I don't believe that God is watching us from a distance at all. Because we know that Jesus came as mighty God. He came into the mess of this world. And I've been doing a devotional with my daughter about the mess of Advent, but that the master turns the mess into his masterpiece. This morning, I don't know what mess you're in, but God, Jesus, he is mighty God, and he is master of the mess this morning. So this morning, we look at Jesus. He is wonderful, so let's worship him. He is counselor, so let's follow him. And he is mighty God. He defeats all enemies, and he's flung the stars into place. Let's hide and shelter behind him. Oh. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. And, and this one can be a bit confusing. In, in, our, in our home group, we discussed this a bit. Does this mean that Jesus is 100% God and and what, and the Trinity and all that stuff because it's Father, Son, and and, and Holy Spirit? Well, actually, yes and no, but it's more about the fact that Jesus is sent by God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the one that created the way for us. He is the Father of eternity. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus, our everlasting father, had made a way for us. He was the father of eternity. He opened the doors so that we could have a relationship again with our heavenly father. But not just that. He he shows the father heart of God. Jesus, you know, they often say he's like his father. Don't Don't you think that? I mean, sometimes someone said to me the other day, Joshua is the spitting image of you. I'm like, sorry, Joshua, may the Lord help you in the later years. But, but that's who Jesus was. He was like his father. He was the far, he showed the father, heart of God. He's, he's fatherly in love, he's fatherly in kindness, and he's fatherly in goodness and care. It's who he is. And Psalm 103:13 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. This morning, when we think of father, that can sometimes close us up. I don't know what your experience of your father has been. I don't know if you've had a really hard relationship with your earthly father. Sometimes the word father can actually step us back a bit, bring back feelings of rejection or abandonment, fear or abuse. I don't know what the word father is but that's what I love about Jesus is that he is our everlasting father. You know some I believe that God knows that sometimes we can't relate to God as father and so that's why he's called his son everlasting father because he bridges the gap that we find so hard to get. He bridges the gap And he helps us. And the more that we look at Jesus, the more we look on his beautiful face, the more we see the character of God, we see the heart of God, we see the compassion of God overflowing through the person and the beautiful name of Jesus. This Christmas, why don't we just think about the fact that he is our everlasting father. He's loving us, supporting us, sustaining us. And comforting us in every way that the Father would. So he is wonderful. Let us worship him. He is counselor. Let us follow him. He is mighty God. Let us hide behind him. And he is everlasting father. He loves us endlessly. Let's enjoy him. And lastly, and I'll probably get the team to come up. He is prince of peace. And he shall be called wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the only part in, in the whole of the Bible that talks about the Prince of Peace. It talks about him being peace in other ways, but this is the only part that says that he is the Peace, Prince of Peace. I wonder this Christmas how peaceful is your home. How peaceful we would be on Christmas Day when we're stressing about all the things that need to be done. How much peace do we think actually we have in this season and this time? Because the angels proclaim glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. What kind of peace does he give? He gives us ultimately a peace before God. He gives us a peace before. Before man, and he gives us an inward peace. That no matter what we face in life today, no matter what the season of Christmas brings us, that we can know this Prince of Peace. There is nothing that can overcome it, there is nothing that can overpower it. Today, are you anxious? Are you fearful? Are you worried about the rise in prices? Are you not sure how you're going to manage this season? Maybe you're concerned or maybe there's a lack of peace in your family right now. I want to tell you that he is the prince of peace. And it says as you read on, uh, let me find it, I can't find my notes. Uh, it says, It says, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Jesus is our peace in this season. He is our peace everlasting. For Ephesians 2 verse 14 says, for he himself is our peace. This morning, as we conclude, let's stand up and worship him. Because when we look at Jesus, let's stand up. When we look at Jesus, we see him as wonderful. His wisdom and beauty no one can fathom. Let's worship him. As counselor, he has the best ideas and strategies. Let's follow him. As mighty God, he defeats his enemies easily and flung the stars into place. Let's hide behind him. As everlasting father, he loves us endlessly. Let's enjoy him. As Prince of Peace, he reconciles uh, reconciles us to God and settles the storms of this life. Let's welcome him. Father God, we thank you that this Christmas we can remember that you sent your son to humble himself as a baby boy. And Lord, we thank you that his name shall be, his name is this morning. And Lord, that we can say that over our lives, Lord God, that his name shall be for me and for everyone else in this place. He is wonderful to me. He is counselor for me. He is the mighty God for me. He is the everlasting father for me. And he is the prince of peace for me. Father, we thank you love us and you know exactly what we need. May we never lose the wonder of a child born this Christmas. May we never lose the wonder of who he is and all he's done for us.